Are you in a position where you're defined by your age and that's limiting you to pursue a dream or goal you want to accomplish? The More Than Your Age podcast is about having conversations with women who fully live their lives without being dictated or defined by their age. This is a space to encourage women who feel blocked to pursue a dream or goal based on their life circumstances. Welcome to the More Than Your Age podcast. I am your host, Erica Pazbar. Let's start living life fully and become more than your age. I feel like in every aspect of life, we're always preparing for the next step. In elementary school, you prepare for middle school. Middle school is high school. High school is college. College is work. Then work is retirement. And when we graduate college or we leave high school to start a career, we are working towards making money, providing for ourselves and our family with the end goal of retiring and just enjoying life. But what happens to those who do retire and feel as though they've lost all sense of purpose? Maybe the life of living on a beach and traveling is not in their cards. Maybe it is. But can you still find fulfillment and a reason for living once everything you knew has vanished? My guest on today's episode shares the reality of what she experienced post-retirement and how she decided to use this new season to make a difference and start a business at 66. Well, I am so excited for our guest today. Joining me on the More Than Your Age podcast is a former dear coworker of mine, Linda Grado. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. I uh, I fondly think back of my first week on the job where we worked together and we were sitting in the, I don't know if you remember this, we were sitting in the commons area where you where very few people have lunch. And I was thinking, is it in the summertime? And I was thinking there was going to be a ton of people there to have lunch with and there weren't. And you sat with me and it, you were just so welcoming and so kind. And you just really made me feel uh, a part of the district and a part of where we worked to where it was just like you became this familiar face that although we don't really work, work together, uh, you were just a light to see every time I saw you. Oh, that's very kind. I do remember that, actually. And you carry just a sweet spirit and a sweet aura about you that I was honored to get to know you. So yes, I do remember that. (laughs) You're so sweet. One of the things that I learned about you that was shocking was that you ride motorcycles. I do. That would probably be a whole podcast in itself of how that came about. But the abbreviated version is my husband had one and I was a passenger on his for several years and and I enjoyed it. I love the whole feel of being out in the open, the wind, the smells, the sounds, everything you get when you're not in a vehicle. Um, And then someone made the suggestion to me that I would actually be a better passenger if I, in fact, took the class to learn to ride. And then I would know more about what he's doing and understanding better. So I took the class and I have not been on his since. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my and at that time I had just turned 60. So that was my big accomplishment for 
my 60th birthday is learning to ride a motorcycle, which is not anything I had ever even thought about doing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I was under the impression that you had been riding for like decades, but you no. had just started. Yes. Yes. Brand new, brand new. And now I have a big old Harley and I love it and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, one of the other things that was funny, and I don't think it was in that first conversation, but maybe it was that I learned that you had all these hidden tattoos and I was like, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> That's also probably another podcast in itself, but I just <laughs> like that form of artistic expression and when you've lived a large part of your life trying to be someone that someone else wanted you to be, it was just my way of affirming myself and breaking out of that and being my own person, if that makes sense. Oh, wow. Well, when did you get your first tattoo? Oh, goodness. I was probably late 30s, about to turn 40. So when my grandchildren mention wanting tattoos, I tell them, you have to wait till you're at least the age I was, at least your late 30s, never in your teens. <laughs> <laughs> so then any regrets for the tattoos since you, just, you did them at an older age? Not really, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because when I was, I don't know, mid twenties, late twenties. I think like the, the wrist tattoos were really popular and I know people still have them, but I think everyone was getting them. And I was like, well, I, I would want one, but I think I would just want it for five years because then I would get tired of it. So I, therefore I'm not going to get one. And I'm glad I didn't because now I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't want it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I learned that <laughs> I learned you were a Harley girl and I was just so surprised. Okay, so you learned it because you needed to get the understanding by being a passenger and then decided that you just fell in love with riding. Where all would you travel and ride around? Um, we don't really go that far. I like getting out of the Metroplex, obviously. I don't like the highways. Um, I like being out towards Decatur, Justin, Granbury, that area where I can enjoy the scenery, um, see the cows, hear the trains going by. I just enjoy that. And for me, to go back to your point of um, when I started, um, I was raised very fear-minded. My mom had a lot of fear, so I was raised in a very fearful spirit. So for me, that was just another way of breaking that bondage of fear and stepping out into something that scared me to death and doing it anyway. And to be honest, every time I get on it, even now, I feel fearful and determined to conquer it. So it's, it's, it's more than just riding to me. <laughs> if, wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Okay, now when you do ride, are you always with a group or do you go by yourself or is it kind of a mix? Uh, we used to ride with a group a lot, quite a bit. Now it's pretty much just me and my husband. And because we don't go on big trips, we just like being out. So we do our own thing and, and just go when we want. So pretty much just me and him now. Okay. And then when you went before, was it a, a tight knit community or was it still just like, Hey, people are going, you want to ride or what was, what was that like? 
Yes. The church we went to at the time actually had a motorcycle group. And so we we would go with them. Um, So, yeah, it was part of your spiritual community and your um, playtime community as well. And and it was a very tight-knit group, and you were all very protective of each other. That's really neat. Yeah, that you, that you had that and then that you now just, you know, you and your husband will ride and enjoy. And um, I'm, I'm assuming you wear your helmets and you're safe. Yes, ma'am. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if I ever said that to you when we worked together. Like, making sure, make sure you wear your helmet. <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> Well, that's good. Okay, so you started at 60, which is really cool, the fact that you started it then, um, because you said kind of like previously grew up with just this fear-based mentality. Um, This is also a little bit separate, but just curious to know, had there ever been things um, before starting to ride a motorcycle that you participated in or things that you did to kind of fight fight those the fear-based mentality? Absolutely. Yes. It's funny you would ask that. So uh, I became very intentional as an adult when I started going through therapy and understanding things myself. So I became very intentional about conquering fears. So I determined for each decade of my life, as I began each new big decade, I would do something that sounded scary to me. So at 40, I did a hot air balloon ride. Um, That was so much fun and would love to do again and will do again. At 50, I decided to do something totally opposite of anything I had ever done, which meant anything physical. (laughs) So I decided to start participating in 5Ks and on There was one about a week or two after my 50th birthday that I did. And to this day, I still do them and enjoy them. I don't break any records, but I do them. (laughs) 60 was motorcycle, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do for 70 yet. I'm still thinking it will come to me. (laughs) It'll come, and you'll have to tell me what what it's going to be when that happens. Now, okay. when you <laughs> when you weren't riding on a hot air balloon or a motorcycle, uh, what kind of like what was your day to day life like? I know that that's there's a lot of history there, but kind of what like what were the other things that you enjoyed? What was work like? Just share a little bit about yourself there. Well, during that time, of course, I had younger children. Um, I had three children. So I was still in the midst of their lives and things happening there. Um, Also went through divorce. So transition period there of being single again at a later age. Um, And just working. And then in 2000, my younger daughter and I moved to Texas from Virginia. And that's where I met you at that job. <laughs> oh, so you were just fairly new to the area then, to Texas. Yes. Now, I lived here as a teenager, and then I moved to Virginia right outside of Washington, D.C., and lived there for a little over 19 years. And when it came time for um, that I knew I needed to make another change in my life, I 
decided to move back to Texas because my mother and my sister lived here. Okay. And what were you, what were you doing for work in Virginia? I worked for an international uh, tech training company that people came from all over the globe, really. I had about, I uh, had over 200 instructors from all over the globe that I would coordinate which courses they would teach and get the materials there. So a, a technology training company. Okay. And was that something that, you know, was that like a big dream of yours or something you had wanted to do? Or was it just like it fell into your lap or how that, how did all that happen? Right. It just happened when I realized I was going to be single again and had to find a job. And I'd been a stay at home mom for a long time. That just came my way. And I actually really enjoyed it quite a bit. And it was great experience. When you were in the midst of, like you said, you, you know, you stayed home and then you went through the divorce and then became single again. Um, this, the question I'm going to ask is going to semi relate to a question I have a little bit later. I would imagine that that was a very difficult time in your life and just like figuring out identity and identity shift. Like, how did you, how did you work through this like I this is what my job has been. I've been staying home and taking care of my children and now I have to make this shift. What what were helpful tools or what did you how was that season like for you? Right. Um difficult season. I I I need to go back just a tiny bit before that happened. A fascinating job that again just came my way. Uh, before my last child was born was I got to work for a U.S. senator from Texas on Capitol Hill, and I was one of his secretaries, and I got to do that for several years, and I learned so much, and it was so fascinating, and that job was such a blessing. Um, Really enjoyed that, and that's what I did before my youngest child was born. And then I was a stay-at-home mom. And then this technology job came along. But I just had to learn. I, I really got intense into counseling at the time and therapy to understand things that had happened to me, decisions I had made and why I would have made them. Um, definitely my faith played a part that I had to just cling to the hand of God and get through some dark days, but just kept growing and surviving and determined to overcome and keep going forward. Uh, Now, you know, kind of flash forward to we meet each other and you um, eventually retire and leave me. (laughs) You leave me, Linda. I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I think you retired when I was on maternity leave. Um, and I think I was like, what? Or no, did you retire in COVID? I retired December of 20. So we were we were back in the office, but it was not the same. Okay. I was on maternity leave with my daughter. And that's what happened because I remember seeing that you were retiring. And I was like, what? I didn't even get to say goodbye. Um but then you came back and visited, so at least I got that. Um, <laughs> okay, well, so you retire, and that is a huge shift. Um, you retire from working, um, you know, we were working in education. You retire there, and then now there's this whole new change 
And we talked about like a little bit, you, you know, had this identity shift at one point and now you are retirement retiring and there's this whole new realm happening. What, like, what were some of those struggles for you of like dealing with identity and retirement and my purpose and walk us through that? I will be honest with you and tell you that first year that I retired, they were some really dark days, what I call valley walking days. And Psalms 23, it talks about, yea, though I walk through the valley. Well, for a year, I walked through a dark valley. Let me back up a little bit. I retired a little bit earlier than I had anticipated because of COVID, which like many people that changed things forever. And my job had so changed at that point that I wasn't around people as much and I'm very much relationship oriented. So for me to be isolated at a desk was not healthy for me. Uh, Plus while we were on quarantine, To save my sanity, I became very physical. I started walking and ended up walking eight to 10 miles every day, uh, working out. So both of those things kind of culminated that I made a decision to retire a couple of years earlier than I had anticipated because I knew at that point being isolated wasn't good for me, Uh, sitting on at my desk for eight hours a day, five days a week was not healthy for me either. So I decided to do a major shift. At that same time, in December of 20, my mom passed away and I had been responsible for her care for the previous 12 years. And that was extremely difficult, a hard, hard time. So I found myself Within a three-week period, I left the job that I knew for 20 years, the people that I worked with and loved and that were family to me, I left them. And then my purpose for living of taking care of my mother, she was gone. So while I knew I was making the right decision, all of that coming together at one time was painful and left me in a very dark spot wondering why to even bother getting up in the mornings and what is my purpose? Is this it? Is it over for me? Is there any reason for me to still be here? Within that first year, and let me segue and say someone had told me when you retire to not make any decisions in the first year. And that that threw me for a loop because I thought I cannot possibly go for a year without doing something But now I understand. I did not understand till the end of that first year, but now I understand. During that year, not only was I deep in grief over my mom and um, deep in confusion over where I belonged after leaving my job, but also my husband had several severe medical threats that turned out to be okay, but that was happening. My dear brother-in-law passed away that year unexpectedly from cancer. It was a rough, dark year. Um, So I want to be honest and say that for people who are in that transition period, it can be dark, but it is just that. It's a period. It was a season. So after the end of that year, 
I started having new thoughts of what I wanted to do. To go back further, when I mentioned that I was raised in a fearful environment as a child, there are two other factors that are important that will make sense to you in a moment, but school for me was always painful. From the first day of kindergarten till the end of my senior year, I hated it. It was horrible. I was extremely bashful. The whole thing was just painful for me because of the social awkwardness on my part. Along with that, P.E. in school was miserable for me. I was a very sickly child, extremely so. I fainted all the time. I vomited every night. And I was never taken to the doctor to find out what that was. I'll never know what that was. I feel like it was probably just anxiety, but it went on for years. So my point was going to be, it's just almost humorous to me that I would end up in a career in education <laughs> when school <laughs> school was terrifying for me. Principals were terrifying figures. And then to work in education where, oh my goodness, there are some sweet people who are principals, teachers, and educators. So that was funny how that happened and became a healing, a whole full circle healing moment for me. And then the physical part, do you want me to go into my new career now and how that happened? Go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. So of all things, I had been working with a trainer for several years. And at one point, I joked with my trainer that I should get trained as a trainer so that I could work with people in my age group and they wouldn't be intimidated at the gym. That was a seed that was planted in my brain about three years before I retired. So four to five years later, when I was coming to the end of that dark valley and knowing I needed to do something different, asking God to show me what I could do, things just all of a sudden started falling into place in the most random ways And it kept pointing me to when I joked about being a personal trainer, of taking that serious. Um, And the things that happened, I don't need to go into because they're just random, but they all culminated in that um, January of 2021, no, 22, I found a program for certification for personal trainers. It was a seven-month program but I was obsessive about it and finished it in three months. And then (laughs) I went and sat for a three-hour exam at UTA. I had been warned that be prepared to take that exam a couple or a few times because it's hard to pass on the first time. I passed it on the first time, um, got my certification, and my goal was to work with senior adults I wanted to, all the care I'd put into and all the things I'd learned from taking care of my mom in her last years, I decided I wanted to be able to use that knowledge to help other people. I ended up getting six more certifications. I'm working on three additional ones at the moment in personal training and physical fitness. And 
I started working January of this year at a new fitness center that opened up by us, and I am loving it. My goal was to work with people in their homes or in my home, and that did not pan out. So I went through another period of discouragement thinking, oh my goodness, I thought I was on the right track. Why didn't this happen? But the truth is it just wasn't quite time yet. And then when the time was right, and I just happened to see a sign at this new fitness center saying they were hiring personal trainers, decided I would suck it up and apply and again, face my fear and do it. And I got it and my clientele is growing and I love it. Wow, that's so wonderful. And, you know, I'm, I want to address too, I'm sorry for the loss of your mom and your brother-in-law um, and just, you know, that entire year. I appreciate what you said that, you know, it was dark, it was a, a valley, but it was a season and then I think that is important for people to hear, especially if they are in the midst of their own, like that it'll be a season. You don't know how long that season will be, but it is a season. And for you, I think, like you said, too, the full circle moment of, well, one, you were working, this is pre-retirement, but you were working in education when you hated school. You, physical, like PE for you was really challenging. And now here you are helping other people with their physical needs and, and working with them in that, in that realm. How, like, just even thinking about facing those fears, how, how does that encourage you that you have been able to, to work in that? I, you know, you hear the expression of turn your pain into purpose. And, and for me, that feels accurate. Um, it's, it feels good to to be able to start a whole brand new career, totally different than anything I'd done at my mid sixties. <laughs> so it's been healing for me as well, and it just gives me makes me more determined to keep pushing forward and. Something that I've noticed when I work with, and I'm working with all ages, it hasn't been, I've got some senior adults, but I've got some young women as well. I've worked with men and women in all ages. But something that has become truly heightened in my sense of awareness with working with the women in particular has become a new mission for me that I want to be very intentional about. I think women in general, we have been so programmed to be critical of ourselves, berate ourselves, and pass harsh judgment on ourselves for our physical being, for all kinds of things. I think every female client I have worked with to date will come in and say something about, oh, but I'm so weak, or... I'll never be able to do this or look at how my body is imperfect. I hear it all the time. I've definitely been guilty of that as well. However, now when I'm working with my female clients and we're at the end of our session, they all know now I'm going to say the rest of your workout is done in your car on the way home because it is mandatory that you get in your car 
and out loud and with enthusiasm, brag on yourself for what you've done. Tell yourself what a beautiful, strong, fierce woman you are. And they all know, I'll text them later, did you do what I told you to do? (laughs) So that's become part of my mission is not only to help them reach their physical goals, but to make sure that they learn to congratulate themselves. We just haven't been taught that, I don't think. So I'm trying to learn it for myself, and I want them to be able to learn that as well. Um, I come from a strong, a line of strong women. My mother was strong, independent woman. My grandmother was strong. She died right before her 101st birthday, and almost until a couple of years before she died, she walked three miles a day. My great-grandmother is an amazing woman before her time that I've admired. So my point is I come from a long line of strong women. I have extremely strong women daughters. I have strong granddaughters. So that's definitely a part of my focus now when I'm working with someone is to make sure they know they're strong and to learn to congratulate themselves for that and speak that over themselves because we're all too good at criticizing ourselves and anything I can do to help them and to help myself reverse that pattern is a good thing. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. You're right. I mean, we are so critical of ourselves, whatever it may be, whether it's like comparing to somebody else or saying like, I'm not strong enough or I'll never do this or I can't do that. And, um, I'm, I'm glad that you are, having that like mandate you know I mean telling them like this is what you need to brag on yourself when you're in the car have you noticed in them um in your clients that there's been a shift in their mindset like when they're with you now or is it still kind of I know everyone's different just like still kind of a continual process that you're gonna have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it what have you seen yes and they know me the ones I've been working with for a while know me well enough to know they catch themselves when they start to say something. I had one woman the other day who was saying she was a runner. She was active. She's in her mid seventies and she was saying, but I'm so weak. And so I had to stop her, point out to her the amount of weight she was lifting and tell her, this is not weak. This is strong. You have got to realize this is strong. So yes, they all know I'm going to point it out now. (laughs) And can I tell you one of my favorite stories at the beginning? Please. So one of my very first clients was a woman who was 70 years old. She had just lost her husband of 50 years and she had never done anything physical, hated to be outside, didn't like her children playing outside because they would smell like outside There was nothing in her world that was physical. And she came to me because she knew I participated in 5Ks. And she said to me, I want you to teach me how to do a 5K. It was shocking. It was so out of the norm for her. It was shocking. So when we started, she couldn't even walk a mile. So we just kept doing tiny increments of building a little at a time and walking, adding in some 
slow running intervals and keep going. And then I guess four months after I started working with her, I went with her and we ran the Cowtown 5K together. Ah, makes me emotional. <laughs> she had to walk, she had to walk it, but she did it and she finished it. And I just stood at the finish line watching her come in and cried. It was one of the proudest moments of my life. And her family was there cheering her on. It was so meaningful. And so for me to get to see things like that and be a part of something like that is huge. <laughs> That's so affirming to me and such a huge blessing to me. Man, that's incredible. I love hearing that because like you said, she I never stepped foot outside, never did anything. And now is completing this 5K and you helped her do that. And her family's cheering her on. And it's like, that's, you know, for some people, that's nothing. For her, that's huge. Like that's a huge win. The fact that she's never done anything like that. And she's 70 years old and that's amazing. And you were a part of that. And you're, and what's so cool too is that, you're retired and your life has not ended. You are, you have a whole new purpose in what you're doing. Absolutely. It's taking on a whole new meaning um, in a wonderful way. I, I want to go back and tell you that one lady, when she came across the finish line and she was huffing and puffing, thought she was going to puke. <laughs> and she turns to me and she said, I never want to do another one again. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> set your goal for this one and you did it and no one can take that from you well two weeks later I get a phone call from her saying I found another one I want to do so I went and did that one with her <laughs> and she won first place in her age group and got a trophy no way yes very wow. exciting <laughs> so yes she's awesome I've, I've definitely started something new that makes me want to you know, it's that thing that when it's time for my days on this earth to be over, I want to slide into home plate, out of breath, running all the way and finishing strong. And now I, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm living life in a new purpose, in a new way, and with new enthusiasm and able to share that with others. And I'm very grateful. Man, I love hearing that. I think that's wonderful. You know, so you um, you had shared with me before that you had listened to the podcast and 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 found it really encouraging. And I love that because you were encouraged of hearing other women's stories. Can you just share with the listeners what has been encouraging for you, especially in your season, and why? Yes, I think the same thing because so many of the people that you've interviewed have been women who have done the same thing. They've started something totally different than what they were used to. They started something that might have been on paper, looked against all the odds, but did it anyway. Um, and just finding new purpose for themselves, new ways to channel their gifts. And so for that alone, that, that just added to me being determined to, to do the same thing. We all have so many gifts. And when you find things that give you energy and give you joy, then you know you're on the path to what you're supposed to be doing because it doesn't feel like work. It, it's not drudgery. It's exciting. 
So yes, all the people you've interviewed have had similar traits in that, that they've survived things that were hard and painful, but they found a way to keep going and to overcome. Absolutely. You, you know, you've already shared that the, the lady that you're speaking of who completed the 5k and then another one, and then these other women that you're working with who, um, you know, have this, this intercourse struggle with things that they're going through. What would you love to see in your personal training business? Like what would you, how, what would you love to see it continue to do just in the next years down the road? What would be your hope? I think just the way it's already been evolving of what I was saying about it's more than just the physical. Um, it's, it's about teaching self-care and especially women and especially mothers. We give all of ourselves to taking care of our children, taking care of our home, our husbands. But we're always low on the list. And to be able to give out to others, you've got to be able to take care of yourself. So I think just incorporating that holistic approach, these are our earthly vehicles that we're in. And we would never ignore our cars that we're getting around in. We wouldn't put the wrong fuel in them. We wouldn't ignore changing the oil. We take care of our cars. These are our earthly vehicles. So we need to learn self-care as well. That not only includes the, the physical fitness part, but what we put in our minds, what we put in our bodies, and how we take care of ourselves. It's There's so much more to it than things we look at the surface, and our culture is so used to making us geared towards only looking at the physical for physical beauty and perfection, and that's not what it is. It's this whole thing that we have gifts in our brain, in our spirits, that we have to offer to others that will enhance their life, and we're all just on this earth together so we should be all working together to encourage and help each other and make each other stronger. That's beautifully said. I I would love to hear, you know, as you're in the midst of a few years post-retirement now, what, what could you say to other retired women who feel as though they don't have this purpose anymore? They just, they have no idea what, you know, they might say, well, yeah, she knows she has her personal training, but I don't, I don't have a purpose. I don't know what to do. What, what could you say to those who feel that feel lost or having a hard time in this season? I think I would definitely back up what someone had told me to not do anything in that first year. Just let things sift out and come to you. That sounded hard for me to accept when I heard it, but it turned out to be true. So I would say just sit in your feelings and your emotions and your seasons and, and see what things come to you to also be aware, like I said earlier, of what things do give you joy, what things do energize you, because those are your clues. Those are your direction signs of the path that you're supposed to be on. And, and just to know that if you're still breathing, then you still have a purpose. You still have something to offer to someone. And it may be something you haven't even thought of, but all the experiences that we go through, and we all have such different experiences, different, different seasons of pain, different seasons of joy. We all have things that will mean something to someone else. I can't understand a lot of other people's situations, but I can some. I can be empathetic with some because of things I've been through, and the same for them. So it's just finding your people your place. 
one thing my mom always told me, and I think of it so often, she always said, baby, you've got to hang on because you never know what's around the next corner. And that has turned out to be so true. You just never know. So you can't ever give up. You can't ever decide this is it. This is as good as it's going to get because you never know. Life is always changing. The world's always turning. Everyone else's life is always turning. And you know, you never know when your life is going to intersect with someone else's and that you speak something into someone else that will change their destiny. Hmm. That's, that's so good. I also love that you said, if you're breathing, you have a purpose. That's huge. <laughs> you know, because yes. I, I, I think so many people do feel like, you know, even if they're not retired and they're just stuck at some job and like, what's my purpose? Like you do have some type of purpose, whatever that may be. And that was beautifully said. I, I like to typically end, um, my episodes with kind of the same question uh, each time because I think everyone that I speak with has fantastic wisdom and insight. And so I have a, I have a question that it's kind of a, it'll be the same question, but I'm going to give it to you two different ways and I'd love you to just address it however you can or however you'd like. If you, and, and some of it you, you kind of just said right now, but if you have anything in addition to say, if you could encourage one woman who feels limited as a retiree and then also encourage a younger woman who feels limited based on her current season in life, what advice would you give? So what would you give? Like I said, you just kind of did with the retiree, but if you have anything else, what advice would you give to the retiree and what would advice would you share with the younger woman? I would say for the retiree, whatever age you're at, whether you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, it's what I said earlier, our life experience is going to matter and resonate with someone. It just will. So even if it's something that was a negative, painful thing, what you learned from it, how you grew from it, how you overcame it could mean something to someone else. So as older women, I feel like we have such a gift to be able to share with women our own age and younger women as well, that when we've been able to see so many seasons and you know that some things are just for a season and will get better, that you can say, trust me, hang on, this is going to change, this is going to get better. And then for the younger women, the same thing, just to make them aware of their gifts and that they're writing Every day they're writing a page in their history book, so be mindful of the page they are writing every single day so that their story will look like they want it to look. Um, like I said, I've got some strong, amazing daughters. I'm so proud of them and strong, amazing sons too, but since we were talking about women. And so just to be mindful that they are a gift and to use those gifts because it's not by accident. We're all created by the creator by design and have something special and unique to offer. And you never know, you may not even know that you're sharing that gift with someone when you're sharing it, but they may be seeing something. So to just be present, to just be present and exercise self-care, that's not self-centered. That's important to be a whole person so that you have more to offer. Man, that's great. 
I especially like what you said to the woman who's in the retiree phase of, you know, you you have these life experiences to share with others that, that can help somebody else. And then for the, the younger woman, you're writing these pages in your story and, and what are you, what kind of story do you want to have? And so I think that that, I love that. It's so great. Well, Linda, thank you so much for your time. I know your story is going to resonate with somebody else and you're going to, God's going to use your story to encourage and help. And, um, you know, if, if there's anyone in, in the DFW Metroplex who is, is needing a personal trainer, I'll put your information in the show notes and they can, they can come see you. Maybe I'll come see you, Linda. <laughs> Maybe I would just to hang to out. You. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Erica. I'll have you be my personal trainer just so I can hang out with you. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Linda. I appreciate it. Thank you, dear. If you were encouraged by today's episode, like and subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at More Than Your Age and visit the More Than Your Age Facebook page. Keep striving for your goals, live fully, and we'll catch you next time on the More Than Your Age podcast.